0: Hi everyone, welcome to the show. This week I have Michael Wong and Kevin Lee on the show. They're the creators of ESL, an animated series. They're currently working on a pilot and the whole first season, so they can pitch it to production companies. Their show is an animated sitcom about a group of international students who go to university in the United States. They are otherwise known as English as a second language kids, ESL kids. I had a great time talking to them about how the show came about. So without further ado, let's get to it. We have the creators uh, Michael Wong and Kevin Lee here, who are Taiwanese Americans living in Taiwan and went to TAS. How are you guys doing? Great, good. man. Yeah, it's, feeling good. It's me, Alex. Can we start from uh, Michael? Can you uh, first give an introduction of yourself and uh, who you are and all that good stuff? Sure. Um,
1: <clears throat> so I am. Uh, <clears throat> so my I. So this is the question. So, <laughs> yes, qu- started with the hardest question, my <laughs> this bad. This is yeah. the hardest question for, for kids like us is who, where are we from and who we are? Because if I'm going to like get into the details, I would have to like give you years and like years I was here in Taiwan and years I was in the States and where I was in the States and where I was in Taiwan. Yeah. Like it starts to get, you know, if you really start to parse it out, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say. So, but the general, the, so if you, I'll, I'll give you two, <laughs> all right, I'll just, sorry. Just, <laughs> no, 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 That's, no, be, no,
0: you, you, you bring up an interesting point because, uh, for me too, uh, because I grew up around places in Asia and I went to a bunch of different schools. I kind of, depends on the person I'm talking to, right? So, uh, yes, if definitely. I know your background, like, okay, like you have the similar background as me, I can break it down for you and you'll understand, right? But if I'm in the States... Uh, talking to a person who's from the states, maybe lived in like Boston, because where I went to school, like their whole lives, I'll just be like, "Oh, I'm from DC." Yeah, just give a summed up version because yeah, you, you don't, yeah. you know,
2: the, f- the questions that will follow if you, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't want like a f- drawn out like ten minute conversation. Right. I was, all right, I'm, I'm from DC. Let's proceed. Yeah, accordingly. You get it, man. You get it, 100. Yeah. That's exactly. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So then, but okay, but both of you guys' backgrounds um, live in America, live in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Because of that, you drew upon those experiences and created the show ESL. Can we talk a little bit about your backgrounds first? Um, I guess just like how that was growing up in both America and Taiwan, and like you know the the comedy in it, or you know maybe like the hard parts of moving around and trying to and trying to assimilate. Kevin,
2: sure. So I, I think Michael and I have a little. Uh, our experiences are similar, but it's still a little different in some ways. In that, I never really grew up in the states. I never really lived there. Until until my college years, I I was born there, but I grew up mostly in Taipei. And I actually went to local school uh, for for my early elementary years because my parents thought it it, it's you know important for me to have a Mandarin foundation. And uh, and then I went to Taipei American School in fifth grade, and you know it's just all the way to high school, graduated, uh, and
0: then went to Seattle for for college. Okay, so Kevin, you was born and raised here, basically, and then you went to the states just for college. Yeah. Okay. And how was the how was the culture shock there? Because you went to TAS, and it is an American school, but it is, yeah, yeah. Um, it's far different from living. Definitely, in the and
2: and I had to, I, I didn't find that out until I was actually in college, and you know, the first day, you know, orientation started, and I I thought, uh, you know, transitioning from an American school in Taipei to to an American college, it you know, just the same thing, right? But uh. I realized it's funny cuz I actually spoke more mandarin in the four years in the states than I did in, at TAS in, here, Ta- really? in Taiwan really I I just I, I didn't mean for that to happen I just naturally hung out with the you know the Taiwanese kids who who, st- who were studying abroad uh just that was my circle I didn't intentionally hung out with them or not in, hung, hung out with anyone else it's just
0: that's what happened. You kind of gravitate towards the people that you uh, have common experience with. Right, right, right. And,
2: and, and, it, and it was not until then that I realized I had way more in common
0: with, with those folks than I did with, you know, ABCs who grew up in the States. Whereas before that, you might have, you might think that, you know, you have more in common with them or that you do have something in common with them.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, how about you, Mike? How was, uh, so you lived in the States mm-hmm. and then you moved uh, back to Taiwan and mm-hmm. went back to the States. Can you tell me about that journey a little bit?
1: Well, I think, so I I, I felt the culture shock mm, a couple times, actually, like three or four times. So the first time was I went to elementary or uh, kindergarten here in Taiwan for like a year when I was five or four when I was four. And uh, I went back to the States. I had forgotten all my English. So I was I went back. I had an accent, you know, when I was speaking English and I kind of got bullied a little bit on the bus and stuff by kids who, you know, Ching Chong, whatever. And uh, but but it didn't like it kind of just I brushed it off because I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm American. I'm from here. I just went away for a year and forgot how to speak to you. That's all. And uh, so that was the first time. Then the second time I went through culture shock was coming to Taiwan uh, at the age of 13. And that was a big one because I was already, you know, deeply rooted in the uh, like Maryland community where I'm from. And uh, I just felt. Like, coming here, it was so foreign and um, so un-American, right? Like, I had become really strongly American and believed in American values, like going to the mall or, like, you know, consumerist principles, like, you know, you if you're going to have a sandwich shop, you'd better have enough options for me to, you know, get the sandwich I want, right? But uh, interesting. Yeah. That, that kind of thing doesn't really translate over here, where it's more like, we're going to give you whatever sandwich we got, you know? Yeah. So, stuff like that. Um, but after uh, about a year in taiwan i just like it clicked and i just started to love it and i just became you know part of the tas community and um made really really good friends so that the third time i got culture shock was going back to the states and i went to st louis for university and that was a big one again it was like huge because i'm coming from you know TIS, which is not just, uh, you know, Taiwanese Americans, but like Swedish Americans, you know, white Americans and Africans, like we were all together. And like, everyone had like this sort of global perspective. And then going to St. Louis, where it's a great school, but most of the students are coming from the surrounding area. So like, you know, St. Louis, so it would be Chicago, Minnesota, you know, some like far, far flung ones would be like New York and California. But You know, the kind of uh, perspective that they had compared with the people that I had gone to high school with was was pretty different. So that was, um, yeah, I would say it was it was kind of a tough time. And it it was the first time that I really felt like lonely, you know, like this Mm -hmm. kind of isolation. Uh, Being in the Midwest didn't help because it's just a plane. No, there's yeah. no ocean. There's nothing. It's just it's not like flags. a metropolis, like maybe L. A. or obviously New York. And it's not a New metropolis, York. yeah. Mm. But the skies there are just so big; it can be suffocating. So, yeah, I think the what that was like, poetic, man. <laughs> yeah. I think what Kevin was saying with you know he was clinging to like the Taiwanese um, people at school. It's not just it's not just cultural affinity. It's like this sense of warm, like collective belonging that I felt for the first time when i came here to taiwan and that i never felt in the states in the same way and so i you, mean you
2: can't really compare st louis to seattle or you know it's basically a walking chinatown not yeah. as bad as other places but you know mm-hmm. but what, what i'm yeah. saying is
1: it, it's it transcends like race it's not just like a race or a linguistic thing it's mm-hmm. like a cultural belonging like the, from this collectivist society that you know is the greater china yeah. culture Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't in the American upbringing, right?
0: And uh, so you drew on those experiences, um, I guess, like going back and trying to assimilate and everything. And you created this show. Uh, the show's a comedy, right? Um, can you talk about like maybe the influences that were uh, in the show that you can find in the show? Like maybe you drew from your life uh, in some mm-hmm. way, uh, maybe not the comedic aspect, you know, maybe just like the you know, what you're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, feeling suffocation yeah Emily, well, Emily. I mean,
1: the show's about a group of international students basically right mm-hmm. so they're they're like us in that they went to they went to school in uh greater China Asia, and now they're in the states and they're facing this uh American culture for the first time and uh that isolation that loneliness that you feel that's definitely uh one of the strong source materials for the show because it first of all it brings this the gang of of characters together. Right. But it also like is it it exaggerates the the weirdness of America, like the intensity of the people there, the individualism that, you know, we didn't have growing up and Mm -hmm. like having to finally I mean, not even finally having to like face this country full of people who think uh, every single person is alone in the world. You know, like that's not something that we're born into uh, in Asia mm-hmm. um,
2: but but also I think speaking to that the international studying abroad experience is so unique that not everyone's is the same so the the feelings I felt definitely one of the feelings he felt you know hundred percent and we're not saying uh, there, it's actually one of the reasons why we're doing a, this cartoon in the first place is that we're not trying to be like hey we're doing the show on on international students and every that this is the international student experience so you know, a, a kid who who went through that might go like, hey, you know, that's not accurate. You know, actually, when I was there, I, you know, I hung out with these people. I, I did this. I, right. So uh it being a cartoon almost, uh so the experience won't be magnified in that every little detail is going to be, you know, examined and people are trying to relate to it. That's still what we're trying to do in some sense. But at the end of the day, it's just, is it funny? Like, right. it, it, did Did we take you to... You know, go through a fun journey, a a fun world, a different world, which is, you know, the most reason people choose to watch cartoons is that, you know, for the next 20 minutes, I know when I turn this on, I'm going to be in in
0: that world. Right. And And what what world are you taking me to? Right. And it's a unique perspective. It's not supposed to be, like, representative of everybody's journey, right, going through, you know. It's not even ours. It's just you know it's it's right. just the show and even in the show i mean there's like uh obviously multiple characters and each mm-hmm. character you know has a different experience and ha you know goes through different things right in the show itself so uh yeah i get that um and speaking of you know having an animated series did you do that like on purpose was that it was that like the easiest choice or was that something like more uh more purposeful um to make an animated series like that
1: yeah pretty much the easiest choice <laughs> <laughs> because uh, right. so we were um, both working at a comedy platform called Haha Ha, ha Thai and uh, we were thinking we were just brainstorming of ideas and of like web series or like you know longer series or just one offs we were just brainstorming and the thing that we both hit upon was wow what if we had a group of uh, you know ESL kids from uh, Asia going to the states that would be an amazing show but how are we going to film in America? You know, it's like, we've never even worked there before. Like it's another animal and it's expensive and actors like, Oh no, let's make it a cartoon. Like, Oh, that would be perfect. And then Mm -hmm. we could like exaggerate America the way that we see it. Right. So when, I mean, like for example, when I walk into a supermarket over there, it just feels like a cavern, you know, it feels like a warehouse or, you know, a cathedral. Like it's so big. And that, can kind of translate using a camera but if you draw it as a cartoon you could literally draw uh like the bat cave or whatever you know something en- enormous and yeah. yeah we thought uh cartoon format would be perfect the only thing we didn't
2: f- foresee is that it's not actually cheaper <laughs> to draw uh, than than to fly over and film yeah. it and like get actors. Yeah, yeah it's not that, that's something we overlooked the okay. first time but now we know yeah. And we're still sticking to the, an, an animation.
1: Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not actually cheaper if you're talking about professional level comparisons between professional level animation and professional level filming. But mm-hmm. we could do it, which is what we did with our Kickstarter. Is that literally Kevin, Drew, and I animated this this two minute trailer, and we could do that without leaving our chairs, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Without getting any other actors except for the main actor, Mike Sway. So the, in that sense, it was cheaper and easier to pull off, right? We can just imagine the scene. And, yeah. You know, realize it, I guess. Realize okay. it,
0: yeah. um, And speaking of, I guess, the animation and everything, it it kind of reminded me of South Park and also in, in its, like, I guess, its comedic voice. Did you draw on other influences or did you get the tone of the show from, uh, I guess, uh, consuming media, like uh, all, all these like a- animated series out there right now, like South Park, BoJack Horseman, I watch Big Mouth, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm a TV kid growing up. So, And I watched a lot of cartoons. And so, yeah, definitely uh, what Kevin and I share in common is that in the last two, three years, we've both really gotten into, um, not South Park, Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. And like these two shows are epic in different ways, but they have something in common, which is they're not just cartoons like... Uh, making fun of something or doing silly stuff and then resetting at the end of every episode they're actually like serial stories um, that you know tell a story from episode one to of season one to like episode ten of season four mm-hmm. Right? it's like one long story where then you have much more um, you have much more material to work with in terms of like s- human storytelling right beyond the bizarre wacky cartoon stuff um, and that also speaks to the nature of what people are watching for what the format that people are watching uh, shows on now, which is like Netflix and, you know, uh, YouTube even, and, uh, these internet platforms where you can just literally binge mm. watch shows. So that, that, that we drew on that a lot. Um, what else?
2: Uh, to kind of tangent of that is that the what, what people see on the Kickstarter right now, this trailer we made uh, it it really doesn't showcase you know the 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 full scope of the the show we want to go for which is uh you know th- Rick and Morty Bojack right like their episodes really are driven by human stories right by by very real themes and elements in 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 life and on on the surface level the the trailer we made you know it just seems like funny scenes put together and and Sometimes it's really hard to to hit um, hit our point with that because, again, you know, humor is very subjective. So one person might find the whole thing distasteful and not funny at all, whereas another person might love it. So there's no common, I, I don't think there's a common theme that draws people in, you know, right now. Which I, I think if, if we were to do a successful show, even if you've never been to the States, you've never studied abroad, you can enjoy this the story just as much as someone who did and that's what we're trying to go for it which is you know Rick and Morty we we no, no one can relate to having uh, you know a crazy science science uh, grandfather mm-hmm.
0: genius grandfather but everyone can enjoy the show right because of the character development and I guess the human aspect of the show mm-hmm. so you can try to go through that I guess like there'll be one long arc of character development with you know spikes of adventure and right. hilarity, in between uh, can yeah. you talk about the process of you know the writing and the animation and all that stuff like how did it all come together
1: the idea sparked when we were both working at Haha ha Tai, Thai and that was uh, like three years ago mm-hmm. and so at first you know at first it was just an idea but as Kevin and I continued to work on other filming projects we kept coming back to it like we kept being like like, we did um, a series for uh, Chinese platform Youku, where we traveled to Brazil and Los Angeles to film some gamer uh, events, like uh, eSports. And But during that time, all the time that we spent together, you know, throwing around ideas, coming up with funny stuff, it always would come back to ESL. Like, yeah, but if someday we could make ESL, wouldn't that be the best? And then eventually that turned into, like, starting to take notes. Like, every time... You know, we had an interesting idea that would be good for ESL. We would just write it down. And, you know, the phone is an easy way to easy place to put it. And eventually that became like an outline on the computer where it was like typing all of the ideas out. It kind of like scattered. Right. But eventually that slowly, slowly, slowly became uh, became like a, a an out like a like a full on outline and then a script. And so that took that like process, that like trickling down of ideas, that probably took like a year and a half, just like not even trying to work on ESL. And then we actually decided, OK, let's let's really do this. And um, what happened was we wrote a script and then uh, we we took it. Uh, so we were we were our friend Mike Sway, who's an Internet celebrity in China and now a mainstream like actor in film and TV. He asked uh, Kevin to go over there and uh, help him out with some with shooting some funny skits. Right.
2: And, and at that time we we were we already it was one of the periods we were you know we stopped on ES, we stopped on working on ESL and so I was there with Mike uh, we were doing we were talking about doing some skits, you know, filming filming some videos with him and then th- that was when I I decided to, to not really pitch him but you know we were just sitting around just hanging out having a few beers and I pull, I pulled out my computer and read him the script and he, at that moment, he 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 was really captivated by it. He he loved it, and he said, "Yeah, Yo, we you know we genuinely like we got to do this someday." That was the moment for me that I you know like what what is this all for? What, what why why am I here doing you know doing videos, doing film if I'm not doing the the my passion project? Right. That like cemented like your desire and will to right. to carry this through. Right. And you know, I remember calling him from the airport, like, "Yo." whatever you're doing right now drop it we we gotta go for this we gotta go for this once and for all you know otherwise we're, we're just gonna sit around and you know 10 years gonna pass by and we're just, still taking notes yeah so and uh, regret right? yeah. yeah and then mm-hmm. th- and then well, we
1: it sat around for another year so. <laughs>
2: and then at by that time we're not gonna the, the show we do isn't gonna be about international students it's gonna going about you know trying to
0: make in the film industry and failing right <laughs> that's yeah. the
2: story we're gonna tell by then
0: how did it come, uh, like, the animation and the voice acting? Like, how fast did that come along?
1: And uh, like and like I said, we then literally sat around. Not sat around, but we did other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, by th- at when, when that happened, that cemented that we were going to do it. And then we slowly, slowly... Because we had to wait, also, for Mike Sway because he's busy. And so, eventually... Uh, an opening came and we said please 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 come to Taiwan and he he luckily had his own like <laughs> idea of a project that he wanted to do so he did come mm-hmm. and we you know sat him down we like forced him to do the voice recording on the script and then we did his project and then then what what we did was we did an edit of the voice right then Kevin put in the voice for Brian and we got some other voices from our friends and we recorded the voice and we, we did a, a short animated proof of concept, which was like a three minute, very, very rough thing. The reason that, so at that point we were just thinking, okay, we just want to make something that we can then show people, right? It doesn't have to be good. We're just going to try, um, our, we're going to try to do what we can rather than sit around. And so we went on YouTube and we looked up how to draw cartoons and literally watched, like, two or three of these videos mm-hmm. and started, just took out notebooks. Kevin went out and bought some notebooks and some wow. pencils. And so some, it was just like that. Just okay. like, yeah. Yeah. You just, like, tie yourself
0: and did it. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: was just, like, I, I was still, like, are you, are you sure we can't just hire an animator and illustrator? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my drawings and am going, like, yeah i haven't i haven't like sketched in in 10 years 10 15 years you know yeah. like what about the animation he's like no i I got it he just said i got it and yeah. i'm like okay if you have that then let's let's just do it
0: okay how yeah. how hard was uh the animation to learn
1: um the actual animation was not that bad but that's because okay. i had done flash before and i'd been editing video for like 10 years so um kind of just like flowed from that plus YouTube is an incredible resource for stuff like this you know it's, yeah. Yeah. For it's actually yeah, I mean I remember talk, saying to Kevin during this process like man people can do anything now like literally our our potential is limitless because of the internet like we can just Everything is within our reach, yeah, and uh, being able to learn anything or write. find find something yeah, yeah yeah yeah, so that's so yeah, it was so the first rough animation we did came out of that, and it took what like two months the first one yeah about yeah, it took about two months, and we did this rough animation, and then we started like throwing it around, pitching it around, and at that point, we decided we needed to rewrite the script entirely. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so what was like the initial concept or conceit of the I mean, it it hasn't changed that much, Uh but different characters have been coming in. We've been like slowly molding the characters. The characters have like been coming to life, right? Mm. Because originally it was just Billy and Brian, and Billy was the guy who's uh, sort of, somewhat modeled on Mike's way in that he's like a hustler. He's like, you know, fast talking. He likes hip hop and he wants to just be a successful human being uh, like the top at the top of the heap. So whatever. He wants to be Elon Musk. He wants to be Bill Gates, right? Mark Zuckerberg all rolled up into one. And Brian is like the opposite of him where he doesn't want to do anything except for stay in his room and play video games. But from there, we've really, really gotten deep into who these characters are, like who their parents are, like where, why Billy's dad, where where did Billy's dad go his whole life, mm. uh, stuff like that, and also like you know what's really driving Billy at the heart of Billy, I and mean, that's that's the the kind of thing that didn't happen overnight, and that mm. is still continuing to happen. It's like it's like he's a he's alive now, and he's like starting to grow up a little bit, mm. and he's you know maturing, and that's so that's the stuff that. Mm, man, you can't really replicate or you can't really like speed that. Yeah, you can't Mm -hmm. really rush that part. And uh, I think, uh, you know, a lot of shows probably, I I think we're really lucky in that we didn't have any uh, sponsorship or investment up until now. Right. Because we were able to do other projects but continue to think about this and let it kind of grow on its own. Mm -hmm. And even through this animation process, which especially the actual animation on After Effects is a lot of um, grunt work. A lot of like repetitive movements you know not that creative but the fact that i spent you know two weeks just like animating mouth shapes that gave me a chance that gave the idea a chance to like take form and and kind of uh, you know like um what, how do you say that? <laughs> ferment mm-hmm. it, <laughs> gave, <laughs> it gave course, it a course. chance to <laughs> <laughs> it, gave, it gave it a chance to ferment in my head right whereas if if this were a deadline and there was an investor and it was like you guys have to finish the pilot we would have rushed it, and I mean, I'm st- I'm glad that we've been taking this yeah. time.
0: It's a better uh, show because of it, right? Mm. So uh, this show is dealing with stereotypes. Um, is there any worry in your mind about uh, any sort of backlash, or maybe offending people, or maybe not getting it quite right, or like uh, anything like that? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Of
1: course.
2: Yeah, I mean, even with this this trailer on the Kickstarter page we made, there are scenes scenes out there that you know, at the moment of conceit, we were like, you know, this is funny. Uh, but then I, I kind of, I'm, I think I kind of second guess uh, more often than Mike does. Like I'll hear maybe one or two opinions, and I'm easily like Th- that might be a little too, too much or too, too crazy. And but then at the end of the day, I think we can't, we have to risk, risk it for in order to pursue comedy, because if if we're if we're sitting there and worried, you know what's, what what both of I think. F- what i'm trying to say is we're the filter right we're not going to blatantly create something that's you know offensive and and just just you know out of the blue right that's not my core and mike mike's core so i think we kind of just have to our process right now is already Pretty established in terms of what we think is appropriate and not appropriate, Mm -hmm. and obviously we're nowhere near the level of you know Trey Parker and Matt Stone doing South Park. They really don't give up, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: they don't care. They don't care. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing about being like East and West. That like our unique background is that we're trying to with ESL we're trying to insert ourselves into the discourse of both American popular culture and Asian popular culture, right? And so we actually uh consume a fair amount of both sides and so like you know you're say, like the question is twin right like the 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 where where do you draw the line mm-hmm. and i think um because we're from both places i think we 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 have a unique advantage to be able to step on the line without crossing it right and i i would say that if you look at the american comedic discourse that's a little bit over over the top for for what we want to make, right? If you think about like Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle or South Park, that's like a little bit over, right? Mm-hmm. But if you think about the Chinese comedic disc- discourse, it's way less than we want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Way more conservative, way way more sort of um, muted. Right. So I think we're trying to find that that in that you know intersection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the if this a Venn diagram, that so, intersection. So so to give an
2: example, one of the scenes, the, specifically the scene that I was worried about was obviously the one that we showed a KKK Rally. Mm. And w- it was interesting because we we got comments where people said that was their favorite scene. Because we, we, we wanted to get feedback, so we asked every one of our friends, you know, or friends of friends, you know, what was your favorite scene? What, what did you dislike the most? So, that was actually one of the most popular, like, the funniest scenes for people. But we've also gotten comments where it's like, you know, I wanted to pledge more, but that scene kind of came up was a little offensive to me and they didn't say why just like I guess seeing a KKK member is offensive Mm -hmm. but the whole reason for showing that scene isn't isn't to like glorify KKK or nothing and nothing like that it's Mm -hmm. like we're we're doing it to make fun of them and I know it's hard to show in you know in 15 seconds but I mean at that moment I realized you know we we really can't worry too much about crossing a line because you know, if, if, if we we're trying to tell a story and we have a point we want to make, we know we, I mean, just again, like deep down, I know we're not going to cross the line cause we're n- right. we're just not that type of people.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, back to Mike's point, I guess the more you consume like media wise, uh, the more you kind of develop your sensibilities of where the line could be and yeah. where your line is. Right. So, yeah. uh, obviously you shouldn't worry too much about that. And I know like comedians, right. They say like, When you're on stage, when you're, like, in character, when you're, like, you know, producing a product, you can't worry about what everybody in the crowd is thinking or what a heckler might say because, like, you know, this is your Mm -hmm. thing. This is your product. you got to just, like, you got to own it. Can't Mm -hmm. listen to, like, their, I guess, can't listen to all the backlash that might occur unless you're, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, super racist or, like, I don't know, super offensive, right, obviously. But uh, back to the KKK uh, scene, it really reminded me of, uh, have you guys seen Bad Boys 2? Or, yeah, mm-hmm. like when they open up the movie and they're in a KKK rally and stuff and oh, all that yeah, stuff. I yeah, remember yeah, that scene? Yeah, dude. Like that's what that's what I first thought of when I saw when I saw your when I saw the trailer. And um, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't think that was offensive, and I, th- I thought it was funny. But um, but that kind of shows, you know, like you are going to deal with you know some things that you know might be sensible and touchy mm. uh, to to certain people. And yeah. I mm-hmm. guess you just got to make sure that you know you do it right. Um, but are there any other like themes or issues that you may address like on purpose, um, in depth in the show, or like you know throughout the arc of the show that uh, that you want to talk about now?
1: Um, I think we like I I don't think um, I've completely explained. I mean, it's hard to completely explain it. But the East and West thing mm-hmm. that I mentioned before, I think uh, what I want to add is you know there's so. It's Chinese students going to, or Chinese and Taiwanese students going to the U.S. Um, and looking at America from this outsider perspective. So on the one hand, it's kind of, it's kind of like by making fun of American culture, it's bringing awareness to people who've never been there or people who misunderstand it. Because once you can laugh at something, I think you have a deeper understanding of that. At mm. the same, so that's sort of the east to west, but the west to east is. You know, America and actually internationally, people are interested in uh, the Chinese part of the world right now. Like it's it's a hot topic. And right now in universities in the States and Canada and Australia, there's an inflow of Chinese students. Right. It's a real thing that's happening is like these clusters of Chinese students who are, quote unquote, taking over the school. And so on that level, we we are bringing our characters are. In no way, stereotypes. Like, they're complex, interesting, crazy, insane, and, you know, mm. terrible, they're, good. like Yeah,
0: they're characters, not
1: caricatures. They're, ca- so they're characters. They're, they're the main character They're the heroes of our show. And so, in that way, and they speak Chinese and English. So, in that way, for a Western audience, which we also hope to uh, access, they're going to see Chinese students in a totally different light and also Chinese culture. Not obviously, we're not going to be ha- like be didactic. Like, have characters talk about Chinese culture in China. We do this. Right. No, it's not like that. But in the way that they interact with each other, you are going to see elements of like the collectivist culture that we come from. You are going to see elements of you know the way we deal with our families and you know the the way that we deal with each other and the linguistic differences and different ways of thinking between East and West. And so, in that way, we bring the East to West as well. So, I mean, we're really excited about the show and we just think it's the show that we should be making mm-hmm. as bicultural uh nomads, you know, the 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 people who who can't really pin down their identity.
0: Uh yeah, I definitely uh I definitely identify with that um especially being biracial too. I mean, there's just like I guess an added thing to that, but mm-hmm. going to international schools and uh growing up here and then in Korea, Beijing, and then the United States. Um, I mean, I look like at shows, right, and like each show might have like you know a little piece of me, right, and uh, but I feel like watching the trailer, I could just really identify with it, and uh, I don't think I ever felt that before, you know, just like watching a show or watching a trailer, and be like, dude, that's like that's like speaking my truth or something. Word, yeah, man, yeah, dude, and it was uh, it, yeah, it was, it was it was good to see, and I feel like a lot of people who do go to international schools are going to feel that way, you know, because um, there's so many people that go to international schools, right, and like mm-hmm. not just in Asia but like worldwide who uh who have a, who like i guess operate and have mm. been and assimilated in a different culture that right, right. isn't really told very mm-hmm. well in in media right like mm-hmm. we know it but uh, mm-hmm. you don't really see it represented right so um i'm really excited for the show and uh, awesome. uh so do you have like a not deadline but do you have a i guess like a, a date or a time when, when you think like you might be able to get like the full first episode out versus the full season and so on and so forth
2: well, well, right now, uh, our Kickstarter is about to end, so by the time this airs, I think it, uh, it already It would ended. have ended, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're pretty, you know, regardless of the outcome, we're pretty dead set on making this pilot, and, we, you know, we're, we've already been exploring different options and how to make that happen. And I think, you know, there's no certain time uh, deadline for us, per se, but, you know, we're, we're going to set a good three months. We're going to set, you know, three to four months that we're just going to be... Completely dedicated to making the first episode, the and making it the right way, mm. and I, I think, uh, you know, starting from now, we're gonna make that happen, and the, okay. the, we're gonna use that first episode as, as you know, hopefully the the the, se- the biggest selling point because that's that's the fu- first time we get to tell the full story and mm. what this this show is about. You know, right. it's more than just gags and uh, you know, you know, visual uh quirks it's it's a it's um there's a story it's a and fully fleshed out show yeah
0: mm-hmm. uh best of luck to you guys i really appreciate you guys coming on uh um, yeah thanks talks town talk and uh, i'm excited
1: thanks cool. man it's great to means see
0: you means a lot you. thanks Hey everybody I hope you enjoyed our conversation keep your eye out for their pilot which hopefully will be ready later this year and if you're interested in project management in a startup culture or have animation experience check out their facebook page they're hiring people to help make their vision a big thank you to michael and kevin for coming on the show and thanks to tiffany and eric for putting it on my radar thanks for tuning in to taiwan talk brought to you by icrt fm 100 i'm alex lewis